He should intro this episode. I should intro this episode? Yeah. I don't know why. The mood just t- took me once I hit record. I was like, no, let Nia do it. But I don't know how to intro things without making it sound like Ghost Divers. Um, Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 18 of Ornate Stairwells. Uh, I'm Autumn, and I'm joined by Neve. Hi, I'm Neve. Uh, Hello, and welcome see- to <laughs> Ornate Stairwells. This is a movie podcast. I'm your host, Neve, joined by your other co-host, Autumn. That's me. Um, and today we're going to be watching a movie on the episode. Um, we both got it open in another tab here. Shall we hit play? Or are we just doing this right out the, the bat? Yeah. I thought yeah. we would like maybe talk about Nadia first. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's do. Let's just, let's just do this. It'll like get us warmed up. Yeah. Okay. So uh, uh, let me explain to listeners <laughs> what's going on. Uh, I, I worked today um, because of scheduling stuff. We usually do this on days I don't work. Uh, had to do it on a day I did work, and I did not have it in me to watch a two-hour Dracula movie and then podcast about it. So we've just been bullshitting for like the last 30, 45 minutes, and now we hit record. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just going to bullshit for some amount of time anyway we're gonna watch wisdom teeth by don hertzfeld on air (laughs) (laughs) you've never seen this before it's been a while since i've I've seen this um i've never seen this i do have a literal clip of film from like the original print of this (laughs) that's cute um i'm pretty sure it's from wisdom teeth Anyway, if you want to watch along with us, you can go to Wisdom... You just type into YouTube, Wisdom Teeth, Don Hertzfeld. Um, it's a six-minute movie, so we're just going to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, three, two, one, go. I hope you didn't have an ad or something you needed to watch. No, I, uh, I already got rid of the ad okay see this is good because normally we start recording by watching a movie so um was not expecting german (laughs) this is not this is not german (laughs) whatever oh this is is this swedish what is this danish i have no idea (laughs) i'm pretty sure this is gibberish meant to sound (laughs) <laughs> like a vaguely Germanic language. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh no. I-, <laughs> I did say that this was a horror movie. Like breaking piano string sound. 
This is on 35mm, right? I think so. I don't know if it's just because it's a white background, but this is the grainiest 35mm <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Basically, all of his stuff is because of how... Um, it's just, like, white paper that he's drawing on. Oh, I hate this noise. <laughs> we're gonna have to give a content warning for this episode (laughs) yeah i guess so at least a content warning for watching along with us yeah i guess i haven't described what's happening in this film at all (laughs) i'm debating on do i need to put the audio under I, <laughs> I, I would like... say don't because people might be watching with us. Yeah, that's true. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> this is so much. <laughs> <laughs> he agrees with you. <laughs> He's like, yeah, this is a lot. <laughs> Bud. <laughs> I love that effect with the shadows. Gooby Holen. <laughs> God, these animation Uh, effects are so much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) No. No, 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 no. That's you. Wisdom <laughs> 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 to and film boot done hurts felt. Film me schnitten, right? Little screamy Vernon. Auto lady screamy Vernon. Mills dog fist. False tootin' magic. magic. And var all made up. 
But <laughs> anyway, um. Oh my god! That <laughs> sick bastard is eating babies. <laughs> so, so that was a Don Hertzfeld short. Um, yeah, you you said you'd at least watch some of Rejected after I brought it up. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, because you and M both had mentioned it recently, and so I think I watched like part of Rejected, and then I like had a memory of like watching it way back in the day, and then I also got distracted, and so I don't know that I watched all of Rejected, but I watched. I I remember what Rejected is. You know, yeah. I watched it and was like, oh right, I've seen this. Um, Rejected is <clears throat> was so like of a time in a way where you go back now and you're like, oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it felt like watching um it felt like watching um Invaders M a little bit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um also just that like quality of um like in the lol so random humor, like my spoon is too big was a thing that got quoted. Um Yes. A lot. That's the one I definitely remember. I remember that one so well. <laughs> yeah. Um also, I forget if it's rejected or if it's um, the animation show stuff, because there's like Welcome to the Show, Intermission in the Third Dimension, and then End of the Show or something. Um, and those ones are all like very similar to stuff in Rejected. Um, mm-hmm. And either Rejected or that, it just all blends together in my head. Also, it has the like My Anus is Bleeding stuff that I feel mm-hmm. like also got quoted a lot. So. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I just, I still just like I know that's like a such a such a different thing. Um, but I really love it's such a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. That's just like, that's just perfection to me. I love it's such a beautiful day. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I in general I like when he ha- has turned more towards um what I would call a little bit more serious work. There's still a lot of humor in it. Um, yeah. It's such a beautiful day. Is like one of those movies that like you like laugh and then you're like, was I, was I, was I supposed to laugh there? I don't think <laughs> yeah. I was supposed to laugh. <laughs> um, but yeah, his early stuff, like what I always just find fascinating about it is the fact that um, like he's doing a lot of stuff himself especially mm. early on and yet is still doing like actually difficult film techniques for things. Like he's like developing techniques with um, doing light and shadow and like, like there's a sunset in um, I forget if it's the meaning of life or uh, it's such a beautiful day that like was just grueling to animate. And he had like huge charts of like exactly how far to move different colored gels for like each frame that he would snap, um, Mm -hmm. to get this like changing sunset effect. Um, yeah, a lot of it is, is like painstaking, like the, this stuff happening at the end there with like the prehistoric animals and the like weird light effects and things, uh, some of that stuff is like not actually that easy to do in animation. <laughs> um, 
I just remembered a story I have to tell you. Okay. So, this is my second year of college, maybe. <clears throat> um, I was living in Lawrence, Kansas. Um, I was dating somebody living in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, and I, like, <clears throat> left, like, Friday morning. I could I could pin down the exact week that this was if I wanted to. But I left, like, Friday morning, drove, like, five hours to get to St. Louis to see this person I was dating at the time. I get there, and she's like, I think we need to break up. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want us to do that because, at the very least, I'm sleeping here. And... Yep. I don't want us to break up because I'm not driving back five hours. <laughs> um, we had a long argument, um, and we ended up watching um, Deadpool. We ended up going to the theater that night and watching Deadpool, because this was like the week that Deadpool came out. Yeah. And over the course of watching Deadpool, we're like, actually, we shouldn't break up. We were like talking during the movie, and we're like, actually, we shouldn't break up. <laughs> Because we're the worst. Um, anyway, this ties in because the next morning, um, we, <laughs> I was like, well, I watched a movie you wanted to watch. You have to mo watch a movie I want to watch. And so <laughs> the next morning we watched It's Such a Beautiful Day. <laughs> and then ended up breaking up a few days later. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um, um. <laughs> I guess that's just the effect Donner's felt has on people. <laughs> Deadpool brings people together. It's such a beautiful day. It tears people apart. <laughs> um. So, do we, <laughs> do, should we talk about our experience going to see Nadja? I, I was going to say, yes. should we talk about Nadja, but I feel like it's more going to be. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, okay. So, we did not, because usually what we do, I don't know how often we've explained this on the show. Usually, you and I watch a movie together. Mm -hmm. And then immediately after we hit record and we do the podcast. Yeah. Um, I would say like at most be between the end of a movie and the start of recording is like a half hour. And that's, that's rare. Usually it's just like, yeah. I'm going to go pee and set up. <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> um, that's what we were planning to do with Dracula. Didn't do that. Um, but we did a few days ago when I was in um, Chicago looking for apartments, which, by the way, I think I got approved for an apartment today. So mm -hmm. that'll be fun. Yeah, you got a, um, a weird pre-approval. Like, I, I got the I got the exact kind of approval where I'm still anxious. It won't happen. Not because. OK, so the approval I got was as long as you don't have a criminal record or we're going to look into your criminal record. I assume people who have criminal records are allowed to rent, but we're going to look into your criminal record. I don't have one. I don't think Nora has one. Um, 
<clears throat> and then you're good. But it's like just tenuous enough that I'm worried they're going to be back, get back to me tomorrow and be like, actually, you made $50 less than, um, and your credit score is, um, 549 and we need a minimum of 550 or something whatever the fuck it is i don't know what my credit score is i don't know if that's a good credit i don't know what a good credit score is this I, is irrelevant i think 700 is <laughs> the top i don't rem- it's like 700 or 800 anyway, anyway um <clears throat> so um i was in chicago looking at apartments um and then we went to a drive-in movie of Nadja. um which was a pretty cool movie. Um, I didn't understand what was happening most of the time. <laughs> and I don't think that it matters. Yeah. Um, so there's like a few factors here. One is, this is my first time going to this drive-in theater. Um and so I did not know how close the screen was going to be to the rows. Um, mm-hmm. And so I picked row B, which is like the second row back because row A through C are like the small car rows. And then behind that are where like trucks and stuff can go. Um, so I was like, well, I don't want us to like end up behind like a giant SUV or something. Um, and I was also like, well, that just like feels like the middle, like, the row A was the one where if you don't have a car, you can bring like um, lawn chairs and sit there as well. Uh, so it's like row B feels good. It's like kind of right in the middle of that stuff. Um, and it turned out that we were maybe a little too close to the screen, especially for like, I don't have a very big car. I have a Prius. Um, it's fairly low to the ground. And the the windshield is kind of like, it's really angled, right? <laughs> Um, Mm. so basically, unless we like leaned way forward, which is just a very uncomfortable position to be in, uh, the top of the screen was just like guaranteed to be cut off. Um, yeah. (laughs) And, uh, also the like sides of the screen were a little bit cut off. So, Mm. um, that, that was part of why it was slightly harder to like really pay attention to the movie. Um, one of the other parts was that so in order to hear the movie, you have to have it going through your radio and there might be a way to turn this off on my car. Like if I was going to go again, I would look into if this is possible before I go. Um, but my car would auto shut off the, the battery. And so then I would have to turn the like battery back on and in order for the radio to work again, for us to continue listening to the movie. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there were multiple factors or it was just like, this is uh, definitely not the ideal way to, to watch a movie. Um, mm-hmm. But we still had fun. And yeah, yeah. it was, it's, we still got to is... see cool evocative scenes, which I think is the strength of this movie anyway. Yeah, there is. I, I think there was a story to this movie, but but I couldn't tell you for certain. <laughs> I read the plot it, synopsis it, on Wikipedia, um, and it's it's four paragraphs, and honestly, it feels like they are stretching things in the synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, it 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 is mostly a movie about um, uh, 
Elena Lowenson, um, and occasionally other actors, like, standing around and, like, kind of saying moody poetry, um, while, like, my, my Bloody Valentine songs, like, are very, very quiet in the background, you know? Yeah. But not ones from Loveless. Um, I think also some Portishead. The the one yeah. big one from Loveless is Soon. The movie starts with Soon from Loveless, mm-hmm. um, which is like the the final song I think on Loveless, if I'm remembering correctly. Um. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, the one that has like the <laughs> the the very um, gorillas beat in the background. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I don't know. I I think like some of my impression should I do my understanding of the plot from yeah. having seen it yeah. and then also I did not read all of the plot synopsis but I skipped some of it. Mm-hmm. Um so Dracula is killed by someone stakes him in the heart and his daughter Nadja shows up to claim the body um and hopes that his death has like freed her from the life or whatever that Dracula forced on her. Um, this part I remember cause it was at the very beginning and, uh, I was trying to pay more attention to the movie. And then later on, I kind of just gave up and was just like, eh, I'm just going to like watch the fun things and chat with you. <laughs> um, yeah. But, um, yeah. So then, uh, Dracula is cremated and they go to Brooklyn where he- she's going to visit her brother, Edgar. um, on the way, she gets a drink with Lucy, who is the the other main girl here, um, played by uh, Galaxy Craze. And, uh, you know, not just kind of feeling uh, deep ennui, I would say, is the best way to describe it in this bar. Um, and so then they, they go back to the, um, I think it's just like, Lucy's apartment or something. Um, Lucy does show Nadja her pet tarantula, which, uh, sorry again, I did not know that there was a spider in this movie. Um, yeah, I did have to just like cover my face for two minutes while the girls are just like, ah, uh, isn't it such a beautiful spider? Oh, I hate spiders. Blah, blah, blah. You know, and I'm just like yeah. staring at like some, you know, some, a very bad like 90s era joke. Um, about how the spider uh, has difficulty learning to read. Um, I remember that. Um, anyway, they... Wait. <laughs> Sorry, there's a... I forgot this. Because there's a Night Vale joke um, a, that I remember from an early episode. I remember it, and also it was in the episodes that I re-listened to. I dropped my Night Vale re-listen, by the way, in case any viewers were concerned about me. I'm very, um, I'm very relieved. I was worried for your health. <laughs> um, but there is a there is a joke about um starting a uh summer reading program for spiders, um, mm. and and I wonder, it's like just on the edge of like what I think Joseph Fink could plausibly be doing an obscure reference to, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> um, like I wouldn't put it past them to be like. To, to put it past Joseph Fink to be like on Wikipedia, like, oh, this movie has a, t- you know, very tangential connection to David Lynch. I will go find out what it is, watch it, enjoy it, and put Teach a Spider to Read in his own damn podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But yeah, and then somehow they end up having sex. Um, the sex scene is shot with. So the other thing that we haven't mentioned, yet I forgot is, there's a lesbian sex scene in this movie. Yeah, um, yeah, and they shoot it with the um, PXL two thousand manufactured yeah. by Fisher Price, which I have some trivia here for you. Um, people might be familiar with PXL two thousand because um, parts of Slacker were shot on it. Also, um, in Michael Almereta's later movie, Hamlet, starring Ethan Hawke, um, the uh, Hamlet uses uh, the PXL 2000 to make his video diaries. Yeah. Um, so. But yeah, so, so there's a fair amount of this movie that's shot on it, um, including, I, th- I think all of or at least most of the the lesbian sex scene which the one image that i just really remember is um i think naja has bloody fingers and sticks it in um lucy's mouth so yeah for some reason that stood out to me um Mm -hmm. anyway while this is happening i think is also where we learn that uh peter fonda is playing van helsing and he's the one who killed dracula um and I found this part just like very funny. Like whenever it was just um, Van Helsing and whatever his nephew Jim, according to the synopsis here, <laughs> um, Jim Helsing. Um, whenever they were just like hanging out and talking about vampires, it was just the funniest shit because it was like the vibe of coffee and cigarettes. The like jim charmouche movie um Mm -hmm. but but just like people sitting around in diners talking about like oh yeah we need to go stake another vampire um we're trying to follow naja now or whatever it was just (laughs) it was so like of this era of filmmaking um in a way that i I just found delightful um i i've been reading um ebert's review of the movie while we've been talking yeah i think his um, last paragraph um, kind of hits what you're saying really well. Um, what Almereta brings to the film is good control of tone. The movie is ironic and yet sad about its irony and an interesting visual style. Nadja is filmed in black and white, which is always the best choice for a vampire film since blood has a way of looking too real in color. Um, parts of the film were shot with a pixel vision camera, a primitive video toy that uses a vampire's eye view as if vampires like flies had faceted eyes. It all sort of works, although probably not for general audiences. To really enjoy Naja, you have to know what Almereta is doing. The film's like a jazz improvisation, improvisation that wouldn't mean much if you didn't know the original song. And yeah. like, yeah, kind of like... Oh, we're we're doing the hunger. We're doing, you know, Bram Stoker's Dracula. We're doing, um, you know, Anne Rice. Like, you know, yeah. if you're a vampire movie connoisseur, you know what this is. And then we're um, like, we're doing it in the tone of a lot of the movies that are are happening in this space. That I would like include, you know, like I feel like Slackers is kind of in this. Yeah. Um, some like Jim yeah. Charmouche stuff is in this, like especially coffee yeah. and cigarettes. Um, Clerks is in this, like this kind of. Um, I would now associate with like extremely Gen X. Um, hmm. Like Naja is a movie that the I don't even know if. Um, uh, oh God, 
I had it and then I was saying I don't know if you will get this reference and then literally lost the name of this this like extremely Gen X cartoon. Um Ren and Stimpy. No, it was like a um it was like a it was not like a thing that you would watch as a kid. It was like a more adult. It was basically a cartoon about being Gen X. Um mm-hmm. Rocco's Modern Life. No. That was a joke. That was a shit post. <laughs> um, God, this is going to... I'll try to continue on and see if it returns to me. Um, but, like, yeah, it's extremely in this this vein. Um, and it, it's also one of the things that I found kind of bizarre as I was, like, trying to follow along with moments of this film in between <laughs> the part where we were trying to figure out how to open up... Uh, Cause I got a bottle of beer and you got a bottle of hard cider and we were like trying to open the caps <laughs> until at the very end, after we had finally pried them open with our keys, learned that in the bottom of the bag that was full of the popcorn because they put it in weird. So it just spilled everywhere. Yeah. They, um, <laughs> they yeah, put they- in the, like the, the bucket of popcorn, they put it into the bag sideways. So all the popcorn spills out. And so I, because I'm a gremlin person, reach into the bag thinking, well, I can't let this popcorn go to waste. And like the second time I reached in, I was like, there's a goddamn bottle opener in here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Anyway, um, one of the things I found weird was there were moments where the black and white, like really felt good. Um, It was like, wow, this is a, a, like, this is, playing with the light and shadow well like there's the the shot of her walking and i think it's with a like green screen or something because she's walking at like a different speed than the like people running in the background are um when she's like walking outside naja um and like that shot just felt really um like i feel like it was using the black and white well there yeah um, there are moments in like the bar when Naja meets lucy where i feel like they were like you know lighting it really well for black and white um and then there's just like scenes in the diner and stuff where it just it felt so like clerks is a, a movie that's shot in black and white because it's cheap not because they're like mm-hmm. really lighting it for like beautiful black and white shadows right right um and it was weird how sometimes it felt like they were they were shooting it really well for like oh this is black and white we're gonna make it look really good um and then other times it kind of just like it looked like dull and muddy in a weird way um like in a way that would make sense if you were shooting color but not if you're shooting black and white right right um so yeah this movie Oh yeah. yeah, like let me let me I'm just gonna like open this. I'm gonna send you this um This is great for a uh famously auditory medium, but I'm just gonna like send yeah. you this shot of like Like I just feel oh, like yeah. yeah like a an older black and white film would have figured out how to like make this hallway like actually Pop. really play with the like what's going on with the lights and things. Um, and it just doesn't. It, it feel it. Fe- this movie doesn't feel like cheap, cheap, but it does feel like stuff is shot on location because 
that's what they could do sometimes yeah and sometimes like the the locations they're shooting on just don't um are not conducive to being a movie you know (laughs) whereas like this is from when she's like walking outside and that just looks great like that is like using you know anyway this um the movie that this really reminded me of um which i'm half so okay I should talk in like a clear and linear manner. Um, This movie really reminded me of a 2014 film. um, So 20 years later, um, uh, a girl walks home alone at night. um, Yeah. um, Which is a um, uh, Iranian movie about a vampire girl. Very similar in like style and, you know, um, not a movie I remember super well other than like a couple enduring images that like pop into my head every time i like think about that movie um surely all you want you know really all you need from um this type of thing you know um and the thing about a girl walks home alone at night is that because it's 2014 and everything is digital like um the director on amirpur has like you know pixel perfect control over like everything happening there and so even the parts of that movie that are like shot on locations that maybe don't like look good you know in post she can kind of like you know sharpen up the contrast and you know like do all this little like all this stuff where like um yeah, you know the cl- the cliche about every frame is a painting. It feels like um, because a girl walks home alone at night is such a movie that a movie that is trading so much on like aesthetic stuff that like you know they spent the time and had the ability to in post just like really like make everything pop in a way that probably is a pain in the ass to do um, when you're shooting on film, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, anyway, I realized that I never quite finished the synopsis. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry. Also, <laughs> I remember the cartoon, which was Mission Hill. Do you know this, this show at all? I've never heard of this. Um, nope. Famously, so I have the, the DVDs of them, but it's like not... Uh, so famously, they, they had a bunch of like licensed music of that time, and then it's just they've never been able to get it for any of the releases. So like they just have generic music in the background for the um, like DVD Mm. release I have, but um, yeah, it was, uh, it's just extremely a, a cartoon about like being a Gen Xer and for sure. Like the main character in this, like loves Nadja. Um, (laughs) I'm positive. (laughs) Um, maybe like M will know what I'm talking about. I feel like M is old enough to know about mission Hill. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, basically, um, so Nadja goes and visits with her brother, um, who is sick. Um, Lucy is like starting to, uh, basically is just like zoning out all the time. has had uh lesbian sex once and as we all know just means that Mm -hmm. no longer cares at all about like 
her husband uh, or like boyfriend or whatever um, is just like becoming Lit- increasingly dissociated from reality. Um, <laughs> Literally the exact same shit that the hunger does. Yeah. Like the exact same. Uh, laying in bed and just being like, don't touch me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, somehow I, this is where I like fully lose the plot. Um, somehow Edgar like starts to recover and I don't know how, and you re like wants to stop Nadja, who I think has started killing people now. Like I, I forget there's some scene where she like kills someone and gets shot or whatever, um, in like a gas station. Yeah, um, I, I 100% have forgotten all of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, Edgar teams up with the Van Helsings. He receives a psychic fax. I remember us laughing about this uh, <laughs> from Nadja that like she's injured and is returning to Transylvania. And then they just shoot a bunch of scenes in a graveyard, I think is what happens. That's mm-hmm. like Transylvania, um, where uh, they go and, and hunt down Nadja. Um, and so then they they stake her and believe that like Lucy is released and Nadja is destroyed, um, but it turns out that somehow I forget if Nadja is alive in Lucy's body or um, the so I think Cassandra is the the daughter of Van Helsing in her body, but um, there's something about like oh. They cut off my head and burned the body, but no one knew that I like can be in other bodies too or whatever. And so now I'm alive in this body. Um, I forget if that's Lucy or if that's Cassandra, but that's the end. Um, yeah. Um, I discovered just now that episode nine of, um, uh, Mission Hill, which I'm gonna uh, let me give me one sec. I'm just gonna check something. <laughs> gonna fact check on the podcast before I say something wrong. Um, episode nine of Mission Hill is uh, dir- directed by Michael Dante DiMartino and written by Aaron Ahas. So this is. Potential Mission Hill is potentially like responsible for Avatar: The Last Airbender. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. This is three years before Avatar. Um. Which one is this? Uh. Oh, employment. Uh, unemployment Part Two. Um. Oh god, this is the one where um it's just like yeah man, we all sell out. That's like the end that's the end um like of this trajectory of like being a Gen X slacker is eventually you just sell out and you get a job at a high paying company, um make a lot of money. Um god, that's like the most hateful episode of the, the entire show. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Fuck both those guys, honestly. Um, Especially Aaron Ahas, but you know. Um. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the... There is one where they specifically talk a bunch about... Um, 
like movies and the line that just always sticks with me is um he rents barfly but he thinks the name of the movie is barfly <laughs> as in like barfing and he thinks it's gonna be like a weird gross movie um i don't know why that one is stuck with me but i definitely think about barfly sometimes especially whenever i think of the movie barfly um anyway yeah that's i feel like i don't have too much more to say about i don't i have have nothing about nandra we got to talk about david lynch being in it though um uh he wasn't david lynchy enough for me yeah (laughs) um he okay you know what the, the actual problem is is that he was talking like david lynch Mm-hmm. And I wanted him to talk like Gordon Cole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the real problem. Especially, I saw him in a cop's uniform, and I was like, "Here we go." <laughs> <laughs> but now, um, um, I uh, someone okay. This is the best. Honestly, the best part of the movie um, was um, there Which was puts a the very... bloody fingers in her mouth. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, okay. The best part of going to the showing of the movie <laughs> was um this I don't imagine that um running a drive-in movie theater that um shows 90s vampire movies that no one's fucking heard of I don't imagine that's like lucrative and like I I think the people who were programming, you know, this like, you know, they called it Thirsty Thursdays because they were doing vampires every Thursday um, through October. Yeah. Um, I think the people who did this care a lot about drive-in movies, and I love them for that. Yeah. They, they were having a blast. And so apparently, um, like, this movie, like, you know... You have to, like, to, like, screen movies like this, you have to get, like, approval. Like, you can't just do this. And presumably no one's going to snitch, but you don't want to, like, risk it. You don't want somebody to find out, you know. And so you have to get approval. And this movie's not in circulation at all. Like, this, you know, there are movies like, say, um, two years ago, three years ago, Nora and I went to see um, Halloween. And... The people who ran the Tivoli, which is used to be a very nice theater in St. Louis, now, because of COVID, basically doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately. Um, the Tivoli had to go get approval from, you know, Warner Brothers or whoever to show that. Yeah. Um, I There's no one, there's no one to, like, there's no official person to, like, get approval from to show Nadja, and so apparently I... the programmers <laughs> of the movie just emailed david lynch <laughs> no i i have extra info so i ran a film club in undergrad mm-hmm. um i would say mm-hmm. on average 15 to 20 people showed up um one of our best turnouts was seven samurai which i think got about 50 people um mm-hmm. but but usually it was like honestly some stuff would be like 10 people um mm-hmm. and one of the things that i had to do was just like get approval which also usually involved like paying to to screen movies um 
And there's actually there are two film clubs on campus and one of them showed like the current blockbusters like it would usually be a little bit after it was like in main theaters. But then um, you could watch it for free as a student. Uh, and then I forget there was some like amount that you had to, to pay if you weren't a student um, mm. and they had to pay like like they had a way larger budget than us because they had to just pay so much money to, to show these movies. Um, whereas for for us. Honestly, we showed a lot of stuff from Criterion because Criterion, um, the like Giannis Films is actually who I was dealing with, but um, they basically like were really willing to work with university film clubs, and so we would pay like it was slightly more than the cost of a DVD, but they would send us the DVD, which would we would then like. Like they wanted us to donate it to the the school library, um, so you donate mm. it to the library and they would send it, and it was like, you know, under a hundred dollars to screen a movie. Um, it was mm. like basically buying the the DVD and like paying a little bit extra. Um, I think it was actually usually around a hundred. Um, the cheapest that I ever did was I showed Taste of Tea, and they were so I had to contact the Japanese company to be able to get the rights to screen it. And they were so amazed that someone wanted to screen it um, that they let me screen it for $20, <laughs> um, which was incredible. Um, it was the cheapest that we ever spent on showing a movie. Um, but no, so there would be probably someone that you would contact for this normally, which is um, the Kino Link company, um, which actually is probably October film because they do the, the distribution. So, like, normally you would just contact October Films. Um, I'm looking at, like, the Wikipedia. Um, they're still operating. And, you know, it doesn't look like they're still distributing stuff. But, like, you you would contact them and, and pay it. Um, the thing here is that David Lynch is a person who's, like, famously particular about his movies. Uh, like, movies that he's involved in. Um, like, every... Cri- I got the, the Blu-ray of uh blue velvet and there's a sticker on there that like says that it was specifically approved by david lynch because he like it is required like if you contacted october films about wanting to show this my guess is they would say that you need to talk to david lynch Mm. and get approval from him (laughs) so i think that's what they were saying um because i know this is true (laughs) about like a lot of his movies um <laughs> I think we showed a David Lynch movie once and we had to get approval from him. Um I forget if I've I forget if I've told this story on the the um the podcast. Uh one of the movies that we showed while I was there was The Room. Um you know, the the classic like mm. so bad it's good film. Um mm. and we just contacted the company about it. And then we got an email uh from Tommy Wiseau that he heard from the company that we were screening it and uh asked if we would want to fly him out to do a Q&A after the event <laughs> um and i was just like we don't have the money for that um also this is wild <laughs> um but yeah some of the stuff gets gets weird <laughs> um but now I'm pretty sure it was specifically <laughs> David Lynch probably requires approval for you to be able to screen Nadja. Um, Great. <laughs> what an absurd man. <laughs> uh, I love him. Yeah. 
NFT nonsense and all. Um. <laughs> oh yeah, I could. We should just chat about that, I guess, since we're here. Yeah. Um. Here's my opinion. I don't fucking care. Yeah. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> I care in the sense that like NFTs are bad. Like, let's say that like without any qualification, NFTs are bad. You know, yeah. I don't, if you're listening to this podcast and need me to explain that, I won't. Um, use your brain for two seconds. <laughs> um, I, I am not any more or less hurt by David Lynch using NFTs or like selling an NFT than any other celebrity. I just assume that all rich people are like this. You yeah. you, t- you tweeted a really good thread. I, I think I just stole your turn of phrase yeah. from that thread. <laughs> You know, um, yeah, I just I assume that if you like if anyone has the the level of fame and in general, like associated wealth with that fame to be someone like David Lynch, um, I just like extremely assume that mm-hmm. like they are going to be at best disappointing, um, mm-hmm. you know, and if I had to like weed out every person who wasn't like um ideologically pure and uh didn't do anything weird or like kind of fucked up um i mean i would still be doing the main part of my media consumption which is listening to like podcasts from friends but (laughs) but um there would still be like just a shit ton of stuff that i couldn't engage with um and i just i don't think that that's like I don't think that's what matters when it comes to like engaging with media is that like, Oh, this person like did a shitty thing now, you know, there are obviously limits to this, but like, Oh, this person did a like shitty thing. Now I like, can't enjoy this person's movies anymore or whatever. Um, I think that stuff can inform my enjoyment of things. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I think like, yeah, there are lots of factors that go into it and there are certainly points where I'm like, okay, like both this person is shitty enough. And also like the work is like uninteresting or actively hateful or whatever enough, um, that it's not like worth spending my time on. Um, but also like, I don't like, I still listen to Michael Jackson movie, uh, music and like, there's some weird shit around him. Right, like there's weird shit about David Bowie. We both love David Bowie. I mostly love early David yeah. Bowie, but like, um, I mean, I I love David Bowie. Uh, my favorite uh period of David Bowie is during and shortly after the time that he was um on so much cocaine that he was carrying around like nazi paraphernalia but it wasn't his fault because he was out of his mind or at least that's what he says uh yeah yeah um yikes (laughs) and like i think that stuff will always to some degree inform like how am i thinking about and reading work but um i don't know i just i think like Often there's a an end all be all approach, which I'm not even seeing yeah. that much with David Lynch. But there's almost like this, like, oh, I'm like so disappointed in David Lynch because he's doing an NFT, and I'm like, 
like that. There's so much worse stuff that like rich famous people do. <laughs> I I <laughs> NFTs think... suck a lot, but like, God. <laughs> I think people in our corner of the internet really, I think there are people for whom fix your hearts or die was like a very meaningful like moment in like their mm-hmm. consumption of media. Um, and, uh, you know, no disrespect to those people. Like, you know, if that was that uh, fix your hearts or die, it was like a very meaningful moment to me you know yeah. um but like david lynch saying trans rights does not like then make me forget like oh yeah he didn't make anything between inland empire and uh twin peaks the return because he was busy like selling really bad transcendental meditation books to anyone who would buy them you yeah. know <laughs> um like i don't know (laughs) yeah um well and it's one of these things this is a thing that um connor and i have actually talked about a fair amount um because i i still have a certain uh like opinion on things where um obviously there there are like limits to this but i i think so one of the examples i'll bring up when i talk to Connor is like if if we're trying like if someone is trying to get a basis in cosmic horror is it actually worthwhile to read um HP Lovecraft stuff or will you actually get like what is meaningful like will you get the the influence and what's meaningful in that if you still like, if you just go and read marginalized people, like people of color who are mm-hmm. doing cosmic horror and are drawing sometimes even explicitly from HP Lovecraft works. Um, I think there are sometimes time, like I think there's a difference between I am, I am returning to this because I find like, I personally find genuine value in it. And then also this like, idea of like well you have to read like the canon or like the classics like you have to like watch the classic movies you have to Mm -hmm. go and watch like um you know triumph of the will and like birth of a nation because these are our foundational texts in uh you know cinema like i there are people there are people who might be doing work or might be thinking about things where returning to some of that stuff can be interesting and fruitful, but I don't know if it's always necessary to like consume all of these things that we know are, are like just filled with yeah. like terrible, hateful ideas um, yeah. just because it is a classic. And I, I think that's like mm-hmm. where I draw the line is like, yeah, there might be people who are like, no, I'm like genuinely interested in looking at like, how does film as propaganda work? And if you're doing that, then it's like, of course you're going to watch triumph of the will. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I took an entire course about film as propaganda and we watched triumph of the will in it. Um, and this was a course being taught by a, a Polish professor who like obviously hated Nazi Germany. Um, mm-hmm. We were not watching it because it was a f- great film classic or because, uh, you know, just like in this broad sense or because like 
any of those other stuff. We were watching it because we were specifically looking at and talking about like, how does propagandistic film work? How does to some degree all film operate as propaganda? And like, how do you mm-hmm. understand this? Um, Why does Star Wars do that? Uh, triumph of the will shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and, and so that's the, like, that's really the thing I think is just like, I think there's this um, approach that's been taken of like, oh, I'm just, like, never going to consume anything from, like, this person because they're a bad person. Um, And I think it's actually more useful to be, like, am I going to be able to, like, engage with anything interesting by engaging with the work from this person who I know is a bad person? Um, Mm -hmm. And that's, like, more important and actually more meaningful for, like, addressing problems than just kind of always writing stuff off. Um, yeah. This is very far afield again from just like David Lynch does NFT, which again is still shitty. But like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just can't care that much about another rich person doing NFT shit because, of course, like every rich person is going to have their their run at yeah. this. Um, yeah, that's how it works. Rich people love making money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. um. Anyway, that was a that was a rant, but yeah, that's fine. We got questions. I got two questions here. One you know about, and one you don't know about. Okay. Do you which one you want? Um, two you don't know about. Ooh. Oh, so, I got another question. Fifty six seconds ago. Um. I was going to say surprise me, or maybe you can do one I don't know, the one I know, and then another one that I don't know. Okay. One you don't know from Anonymous two hours ago. Best movie snack. Ooh, best movie snack. Um. So I don't usually um, get popcorn at movies because it hurts my tummy um, because I have Crohn's disease. Um, the last three times. So, so I don't know that I'd had popcorn at a movie for like six, seven, eight years. Like basically since I've had Crohn's disease, I just don't do it anymore. The last three times that you and I saw a movie together, which was, um, I carry you with me back in July and then both Nadja and suicide circle. I ended up eating popcorn with the movie. Um, you make the, 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 so you ask me, um, do you want like regular popcorn or do you want like some fancy popcorn that you made? And I was like, I want regular because I'm a baby. And then I ate a bunch of your popcorn because your popcorn was better. <laughs> so what, what popcorn did you make? Um, So I make a, it's just like an Indian spice popcorn. So um, for the, honestly, I feel like most popcorn, like most good popcorn with butter on it probably has ghee, which is clarified butter, but like ghee is used all the time in, in Indian cooking. Um, basically like the milk solids are, are removed. So when it's melted, it's just like a, like a translucent liquid. You don't have like any of the floaty foamy stuff that you get, um, when you melt butter. But anyway, I do ghee, mustard seeds, um, uh, neem leaves also called curry leaves. Um, some turmeric like am i forgetting anything oh i i will break a uh chili pepper and put it like a a dried red chili um and put that in there as well just to like spice it a little bit um 
I think that's it in terms of spices. It's not like a, yeah. a super spiced up thing, but um, it just it, like it's just a little. It's got a little, you know, more going on than just like butter popcorn. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, so yeah, I think I think popcorn is my like go to. Um, I'm I'm like actively looking up the Werner Herzog popcorn thing. I know I've like tweeted this, but <laughs> you've seen this, right? Um, I don't um know. it's from the music oh, box. Oh, yes, yes, I have seen this. Yeah. I have seen this. Um, it's great. I'll just like put the audio in somewhere when I edit this. Um, yeah, I feel like we've talked about this before on the show, but um, yes. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, certain that we have in. not put the audio in. Um, and it's no, just... we definitely haven't done that. So please do. Yeah. The only thing I would ever eat uh, would be popcorn, obviously, but it has to be with butter. You see, I'm old-fashioned. I do the unhealthiest of things, and and I love it, and I love the grease on my fingers, and I love the. The, the uh, scent of it, just the scent alone, uh, makes me euphoric. Can Can't get any better. We can make that happen. <laughs> <you'd like>. Okay, <laughs> yes. I accept, mother. yes, that's your bribery. That's, uh, that's your, you this is, this is your ransom. Um, I'll have to, like, find a good way to rip it. But, um, um. It's incredible. <laughs> this man loves popcorn so much um and i'm yeah. with him the other thing if i'm going to a, a movie theater um i do like milk duds just because it's a candy like especially if you're going to a movie theater where uh we talk a lot when we watch movies together this is a mm-hmm. a major uh upside to drive-in is that we could just hoot and holler when like david lynch showed up um and no one was gonna shush us because we were just in my car um that was um this was the story i actually wanted to tell but i for i forgot the punchline to it was that when they said over the um radio that they had emailed david lynch and you know gotten the approval people at the mention of the name david lynch started like honking their horns and like hooting and hollering yeah <laughs> it was very funny very cute we all, um, everybody knew why they were here yeah there are multiple moments where we just shouted yo at the screen <laughs> while we were watching this um and that's again we talk a lot when we watch movies um unless we're like in a movie theater um mm-hmm. i talked a lot during i carry you with me granted <laughs> there was only two other people in that theater yeah. but i did talk a lot <laughs> um this is why one of my favorite experiences going to a movie theater was when um it was uh emily and i and then uh I would say friend of the show, Alex of swim fans. Uh, we went and saw the gem and the holograms movie, the one and only week, like the first and only week, um, that it was in theaters. And we were the only people in, um, so it's like the giant theater that's in downtown Chicago. Um, so it's just like, I think there's like 21 screens. Um, and all of them are like sizable, um, and we were just the only people in that entire theater other than the projectionist. And we just like joked around and hooted and hollered the entire time. Um, it's just such a great way to watch a movie. Um, <laughs> I highly encourage people to like ease into it. If you're a kind of person who like wants it to be dead silent when you're watching movies, like start with some like 
movies that you know really well um and so you don't really care if you're missing anything or just movies that like you know are kind of dumb and goofy um and so some of the fun is like talking during it but then just just work up to it it's a great way to watch movies i highly recommend it um but anyway, if I am in a movie theater where I, I know I'm not going to talk, I do like getting milk duds, uh, candy that is like otherwise horrible to eat if you're going to talk to anyone because it just gets stuck in your teeth constantly. <laughs> um, the other thing I like is I like gummies. Um, so uh, this is the thing that I famously like. Um, when you were here, we got a shipment of a shit ton of gummies that Emily ordered. Um, I like the like uh, goatee style like um in a lot of scandinavian countries if you go to like basically any corner store they have like pick and mix and there's just like a bunch of gummies um and they have like gummies that just don't even really exist in the the u.s like um there's like different names for different types so like one of them is like scum which is like uh almost like foamy um yeah, it's just like a wide variety of textures, and I love all of them. Um, but if I was going to a movie theater and it's one where I was expecting to maybe maybe be able to talk and hoot and holler a little bit, I might get like Sour Patch Kids or something. Um, I get them all the time when I would go to movies as a, a little kid, and I would suck all of the um, acid powder off and just like strip my tongue every time. <laughs> um. God, that's disgusting. <laughs> oh, that's vile. <laughs> um yeah i i um when i get candy i always get chocolate um i i don't there are a lot i i don't care for many fruity candies there are a couple i like but um in general it's not my thing i i also one usually get chocolate two i think i have a like low level addiction to chocolate um uh, <laughs> it's like fine it's like fine but like if let's say i woke up tomorrow um and didn't have chocolate for 24 hours by this time tomorrow like by 10 30 at night i would be thinking to myself i'm like i haven't had chocolate i really want chocolate how can i get chocolate should i go to the store to get chocolate like it, it it's not like a serious thing but like i do just I bought chocolate chips yesterday and I just keep them in the freezer so that I can walk over to the freezer and have two chocolate chips whenever I need a, you know. <laughs> um, Emily's extremely this. Um, whenever <laughs> whenever I'm going grocery shopping, um, it's never on the list, but as I'm like walking out the door, she's like, and get me chocolate. <laughs> she just like needs chocolate in the house. Um, I literally, when I was driving to and from Chicago, I stopped somewhere and my, my checklist for any time I'm like getting you know, when I first set out on a road trip, I like to get like some snacks and maybe like partway through the road trip, I get like food. But when I first set out, I just like to get trail mix, a bottle of water and um, peanut M&Ms. I have to have something chocolate. Anyway, all this to say that when I go, when I get movie theater snacks, I usually do um, peanut M&Ms. Sometimes I do cookie dough bites, but I generally find that I like a much smaller package of cookie dough bites than they sell at the movie theaters. Like yeah. I want half as many cookie dough bites as they sell. Cause I will. Cause the other thing is I have no self-control and I'll eat the entire thing of cookie dough bites before the movie starts. And then my stomach will be sick through the entire movie. 
<laughs> and the the answer is not eat half the package because I can't do that. Yeah. I, I am incapable of only eating half the package. <laughs> um, this is the thing that I I like have decided to just stop myself from eating all the gummies that are in our house is that I only eat them on nights where we're watching a movie. Um, and I can't be, I'm watching a movie on my own. Like I'm just watching, you know, uh, funeral parade of roses. Like I have to be watching it with like you or Emily or someone else. Um, cause otherwise I will just eat a bunch of gummies every single day. Um, yeah. you like fruity ice cream though, don't you? I like chocolate. Okay. My general, um, when Nora and I go get ice cream, Nora gets chocolate with strawberries and I get chocolate with M&Ms. Um, I do like a fruity ice cream, but it has to be with chocolate. So, like, okay. I love hers chocolate with strawberries. Um, when I go to those, like, and I don't really like these, but I used to live near one, and so I would go to it sometimes. One of those, like, self-serve frozen yogurt places. What my favorite thing to get would be chocolate uh, frozen yogurt with, like, fruity pebbles. Um, I do like a, I do like a fruity ice cream for sure. But it has to be fruity with chocolate. Yeah, you know. I was gonna say it would be I, it would be funny if you preferred fruity ice cream because um, I don't really like fruit in my ice cream. I like it to be like mint chocolate or like chocolate peanut butter or something like that. Um, that's my mint chocolate's great. Mint chocolate is a top tier ice cream. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other um, like. The other thing that I like um, for ice cream is to go to one of those places. Um, I usually there are a lot of like local places like in um, in Lawrence. We had Silas and Maddie's, but I will say Cold Stone Creamery because people know what that is because it's a big national chain. You go yeah. to a place like that, um, like where they'll give you like they've got everything laid out. It's also Baskin and Robbins like this. Um I like Silas Maddie's a lot. I think they moved into a new location that's a little bigger. Um, and I went there once and really liked it. Um, I, I miss living in Lawrence. Anyway, um, like when I go there, I'll get like a scoop of like the, the you know, double chocolate brownie or whatever. And then I'll get a scoop of, you know, that's strawberry ice cream. I don't like really like strawberry ice cream. I like strawberry like blended into ice cream, but like yeah. maybe an orange sherbet. Yeah. So, anyway, um, that's ice cream talk. You don't get, I do not, oh my God. Sometimes when I'm at home, I'll get ice cream with a movie. That's a bad idea. That's a great way to fall asleep halfway through a movie. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm 75. <laughs> um, should I, should I read the second question? Because I know this one. Yeah. Uh, M says, what's the era of movies you both feel most poorly watched in that you want to fix and the one that you feel most poorly watched in that you are fine about? So my my answer for that I want to fix is um, there's a lot of like holes in my like classic Hollywood stuff, which is weird because like a lot of the classic Hollywood movies that I've watched and I, I, by classic Hollywood, I'm going to say that's like the thirties to the fifties in like American cinema, you know, yeah. um, 
Like, there's a lot of stuff from that time that I feel very passionate about. You know, Citizen Kane and Casablanca, two of my absolute favorite movies. Um, but like, there are people. There are people who like know classic Hollywood like inside and out. Like, my mom is a person who, um, and I don't even think of my mom as like a film person per se. But my mom watches like TCM not every day but like most days if she doesn't know what else to watch she just puts on tcm and so my mom has like this like depth of knowledge about like just the absolute most mediocre movies from the 30s through the 50s yeah um that i am constantly like in awe of and wish i had and is only attainable because my mom is 30 years older than me (laughs) You know, yeah, (laughs) both in the sense that like my mom is 30 years older than me and therefore she knows about things that are older than I am. And also she has had more time to just be like, oh, I guess I'll put on TCM because I don't know what to watch. It's either that or Hallmark movies. My mom has no taste. She just likes movies. And so she watches either TCM or Hallmark. But I love that about her. I love getting um, I love getting wine drunk and watching Hallmark movies with my mom. So, yeah. Um, I feel like some of this is weird because so like one of the ones that I, I, I feel like I'm underwatched in is like the fifties, but that's not true. If it like, that's not true. If you're talking about like Asian cinema, um, (laughs) like the, like, end of world war two and in like the fifties is like a bunch of golden age of like Japanese cinema. Um, also like, I feel like some of the like Indian films that I've seen were from the fifties. Um, and then like some more recent ones. Um, you know, I like, I think Kim Ki young, I think I've seen like some movies from, from um, him as well from South Korea. So like, I feel like if in a weird way, I've not underwatched in terms of the fifties, I've just have not paid much attention to the U S but it is definitely one that I feel like um, I'm not like super interested in watching a bunch of um, like Hollywood films from the fifties, especially cause it was such an era of like, there was all the blacklisting of, of quote unquote, like communist, you know, directors and actors and things. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it just like kind of sucked some of the, the energy out of um, a lot of like us. So, but again, I'm like underwatch, but it's one where I'm like not actively trying to seek out fifties uh, American films. Um and then I think the one that, like, I think the one that I feel the most, like, I have not watched a lot of um, and would want to remedy is another one where I'm really thinking about the, the U.S. here, which is the 80s. Um, I feel like there's mm-hmm. just, like, a, a certain, like, version of, like, 80s Hollywood blockbuster that I just have not really paid attention to. Um, Mm -hmm. there's like a lot of classics from that, that, um, I, I don't expect to love, but like, I just haven't watched it all and kind of feels like a, more of a whole in terms of like a decade of film. Um, 
I say this as someone who's like studied history of film stuff. So like I've watched a lot of like 40s and earlier <laughs> film. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I've seen big stuff from that. Otherwise, I, I might be more inclined to talk about something then. Um, yeah. But then this is another one where it's like, okay, but then if I talk about like Hong Kong action cinema, I've watched a shit ton of 80s stuff. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Or like I've watched a lot of like 80s Japanese cinema. <laughs> so... Um, Again, it's just there are these eras where uh, it's like I lose interest in anything American and then I'm just looking to other, especially Asian is what comes to mind the most for me immediately. But um, I'm sure there's like a ton of Scandinavian stuff from the 80s in particular. Um, That was kind of the beginning of like transnational cinema for a lot of um, like Nordic cinema stuff. So um Broadly speaking, for me, um, the 60s is a decade I feel like underwatched on. And I think if I went and looked at my letterbox, like I'd be like, oh, I've seen a lot of 60s movies. But like, I feel underwatched on a lot of 60s stuff in a way that I'm like, don't care about as much because like, um, what am I trying to say? So, like, in France, there's New Wave, and yeah. I don't ever want to watch another French New Wave movie in my life. <laughs> I I assume I will. I assume that at some point I will end up watching another French New Wave movie. I don't want to do it. Um, Like, Cleo from 5 to 7 is truly, like, the Indiana Jones, like, sliding in, grabbing his hat, and Cleo is, like, a, a fucking incredible movie all-timer um i don't really have much patience left in me for like francois truffaut or jean-luc godard hating women um (laughs) uh well so that knocks out like a lot of the classics of 60 cinema yeah and then i like hollywood movies in the 60s are in a weird place where everything is like falling down around them and they're trying to pretend it's fine. Like to kill a mockingbird is like the peak of this to me where like to kill a mockingbird is like being made as like the studio system itself is collapsing, but that movie just exists as a studio system movie, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, a lot of that stuff just doesn't really pique my interest. I think to kill a mockingbird's a pretty bad movie. <laughs> Um, which just leaves, like, other parts of Europe, which, like, um, I feel fairly, I feel reasonably well-versed in, like, what else is happening in, like, European cinema at this time. I haven't seen a lot of it, but I, like, kind of know what's going on, and I know, like, oh, I'm gonna watch more Bergman, and, oh, there's these, like, Italian guys who I might check out at some point. Fellini! Fellini, like I, I am aware that like Fellini and um, Antonioni are like directors I should like be more familiar with, but I'm like, oh, I'll watch those at some point. It's not like high on my priority list. Um, like a- any European cinema from that time, I'm just like, I'll get it, I'll get to it. But I'm all those French guys really put me off the entire '60s because also all American indie cinema, like every director watched Breathless and was like, holy fuck dude yeah. um 
I like I just think that like the graduate and Bonnie and Clyde are kind of bad movies. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, the the risque American cinema, like the edge uh, the envelope pushing um American cinema of the 60s doesn't really hit for me unless it's from black filmmakers um um or or like in the in some cases like um i because i'm looking at my letterbox for the 60s um i've got like in the heat of the night and putney swope which are not um i not i think like black crews like not black directors but you know black people on screen um black cinema in the 60s is like great um yeah but that's like a different that's like not what I'm talking about because that is a thing I want to know more about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the, the part about this that's difficult is that like, I'm sure there's a thing that is happening in every decade that I want to look into. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, there's definitely ones that you just call out where you're like, in terms of what people say, like I, for this question, I was trying to find this list that um, my digital cinema for like, this is like the production side of um, making movies classes that I took in undergrad. Um, I had a professor who had a list of, it was like 10 movies maybe from every decade that he considered like the must watch ones. And I thought it would be very funny to go through that if I could find it. Um, but I had no luck. I think it, I think it's gone. Um, gone from the internet at this point. Um, looks like at least one redesign of the art department website has occurred. Um, um Sydney Lumet has a book. Um it might just be called On Film. I don't remember. Yeah, um, I think I have it. But I remember reading as a teen and liking um I it, I learned a lot about how movies are made because I read it when I was 15 and it's like literally like I think it's kind of geared towards like do you not know anything about how movies are made? Let me explain like what lenses are to you. That sort of shit. It's a good. It's a pretty good book. I yeah. I would recommend it to listeners of the podcast for sure. Um, uh, there's a lot of stuff that's like rattling around in my brain that I got from that book that I don't even remember because it's like, oh yeah, once I heard it explained, I then like have seen it in a million other places too. Um, and though Sidney Lumet, very just like conversational writer, just like mentions offhandedly at some point, he's like. You gotta really earn it if you if, like every minute past two hours. You've gotta really like earn that shit. And he, Sidney Lumet, one of the most celebrated directors of the 20th century, like looks back at his career. And he's like, I think there were only like two movies where I earned it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um. All this to say, um, that just like really, uh. Uh, puts a dent in the amount of European cinema from the 60s and 70s I can watch because European people were like, what if we made seven-hour movies constantly? <laughs> um, <laughs> Fucking Andrei Tarkovsky is like, two and a half hours is a short film. <laughs> um this this is the thing about why I didn't say the 60s. is just because I've seen so much shit from the 60s because it's like what you watch if you're studying film. Um, mm-hmm. They make you watch so much shit from the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The only the only Tarkovsky I've seen is Ivan's Childhood, um, which is a 95-minute uh, movie, and I got bored halfway through and turned it off. 
I'm sure Stalker is great. I want to check out Stalker. That's the one that has my interest. Yeah. But Ivan's childhood is a bit slow and a bit dry for my taste, and that's a 95-minute movie, so... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tarkovsky's great. (sighs) I... The thing is, we would have just done Stalker, so I could have, like, taught, you know... Could have just, like, checked it off my list. Um, but, like, there is no room in how we produce this podcast to do a movie of Stalker's length. Yeah. We have to, like, we have to figure out some way to... I, I feel like it'll take more planning in a way that is um, at odds with the way that we are now planning ahead on our schedule mm-hmm. of, like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, we can we can watch one night and then record another or something. Yeah. Um, or we could just do Mirror, which is apparently a 100-minute movie. <laughs> um, I don't know if I've seen that one. I, I've oh, seen no. uh, Andre Rublev, Solaris, and Stalker, I know. I just remembered, I was like, I think Mirror is like one that people really like. I just remembered that um, film crit Hulk really likes Mirror, <laughs> which is just like a you know read a film yeah. hulk like article like 10 years ago and you just get shit rattling around in your brain because you're a teenager <laughs> yeah um anyway i feel like we've answered the question yeah um you have one last more. last question uh let me refresh this curious cat see if we got anything else um yeah, no, just this one last one. What's the pettiest reason you hate a movie? Um, while I'm thinking about this, um, I'll tell a story that I love telling. Um, because this is the pettiest reason I've ever heard someone else hate a movie. Which is that um, I used to know a guy who hung out on a forum and uh, once... I was thinking about this guy a little bit because I told this story recently and I'm pretty sure he posted once like, oops, I have a kid and then never posted on this forum again. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he once posted that um, Sin City is a bad movie because it lacks fundamentals. Oh yeah, Um, you told me about this. (laughs) And I just, I just think about it (laughs) constantly. (laughs) It's very funny. Um. Um. I feel like there might be one that is better for like petty issues because um, this movie I I don't think this movie is good anyway. Um. But I I don't think I've told this story um on the podcast before. I know I've told it to you. Um. The day that emily and i started dating well so basically we we like knew each other for um it was a little over a year i think um and we like started talking more and more primarily through aim um and you know we started like hanging out and things um specifically after the so the, the person that I dated before Emily was like my abusive ex and she dumped me. Um, 
And Emily and a, a mutual friend of ours like invited me over for like basically a, a girls' night, um, which at the time I extremely still I was a long ways from knowing I was trans, but it was like we watched Kino's Journey, we ate ice cream out of the carton, uh, we talked about how like you know essentially how boys suck, but how this girl who broke my heart uh, mm. sucked. Um, it was just a bunch of like like they like put like they did makeup on me as a fun thing because everyone was into like visual K stuff. Um, anyway. Uh, so then after this, like Emily and I are like continuing to hang out and talk. And then what we say is like our anniversary of dating was the time that all of our friends looked at us and were like, wait, are you dating? And it's so like the entire friend group got together to watch Moonchild which is a 2003 Japanese science fantasy horror action film starring Gact, Hyde, and Hide, um, I believe, <laughs> is the other. I don't know. I think both Hyde and Hide are in it, or maybe it's just Hyde. Um, anyway, uh, we all got together to watch this, and um, I put my arm around Emily while we were watching the movie, and then my ex, who was also there, and was the one who brought the movie because she was super into, like... Um, visual K stuff. Uh, she came and sat on my lap for the duration of the movie. So uh, that movie can fuck right off. <laughs> um, despite the fact that it is a movie that I watched like the day that is our, you know, date anniversary. Um, mm. That's still, it, it was my ex who brought it and she sat on my lap and that was a fucked up thing. <laughs> um, but I feel like that's not just a petty reason. That's a that's I've a got, <laughs> that I've movie got, sucks two, anyway. <laughs> I've got two stories of other people hating movies for petty reasons. Okay. One. Um I oh okay. So I used to really be in the habit. Because I love rewatching movies. I love rewatching movies way better than I like watching movies. Um like, I I much prefer rewatching movies, and so when I used to be a teenager um, who didn't have a job, I'd go to the movies twice a week, you know, just by myself constantly, and I saw Birdman twice <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> the first the first time I saw Birdman, uh, I really liked it. Second time I saw Birdman, I was like, eh, I don't really like this movie that much. Um. Second time I go see Birdman, uh, at some point, midway through the movie, I, st- I step outside to pee. Coincidentally, there's another guy in the theater who is stepping outside to pee at that same time. Ste- stepping outside the theater, not like stepping, not like we were going and peeing on the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're both washing our hands, and this guy looks at me, he's like, man, it just keeps going, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think what he meant was the like single take uh like nature of that movie uh quote unquote yeah it's just very funny to me this guy, you know he's I think he's probably seeing it cuz it got Oscar nominations he's like 40 um and he just you know sees this teenager in the movie theater and says man it just keeps going doesn't it the other one um, was when I went to see Lincoln 
um the the um there was a lady who was on her phone like having a phone call for the entire goddamn movie just like talking 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 we're getting to the end they they ended slavery great job um and they get to the scene where it's pretty clear like abraham lincoln is gonna go die you know he's like oh you know tucking his uh, tucking his kids into bed he's like your mom and i are just gonna go see a play tonight and he walks off as as the kids are being tucked in or whatever it is the fuck that's happening in this movie um this lady who was like the row behind me who had been on her phone is like oh i hate this part and gets up and leaves (laughs) 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 um so that's other people (laughs) hating movies for petty reasons Um, yeah i have these i'm sure i have these oh i know it i know what it is um anomalisa is a bad movie um people who don't know it it's a stop motion film written and directed by charlie kaufman um it's a bad movie it's a really bad movie exceptionally bad movie um i uh, hate it for being a terrible movie but also i'm mad because i kickstarted it <laughs> because i threw money at them on kickstarter and i got a terrible movie out of the, at the other end of it and i'm still mad <laughs> yeah um, um so. i i think the other one that like maybe feels um again i it's just a movie that i think is a bad movie but um I think I've told this on the podcast before the I went to see Napoleon dynamite with friends in the theater and I hated it. I thought it was the stupidest fucking movie I'd ever seen. I hate Um, that movie. I hate that movie. I wanted to leave like maybe 20 minutes in and everyone (laughs) else was like, no, no, like let's, let's sit it out. Like maybe it will get better. Like, you know, some of it's funny and I just, I hated all of it. I hated everything that was happening. Um, and context for what I'm about to say, I'm a person who struggles with insomnia. I hated this movie so badly that even though I was not tired, I forced myself asleep so I would not have to watch it. <laughs> um, this was at a time where like they were my ride. I couldn't just leave and drive off. I forced myself to just sleep in the theater. Um, and it succeeded because I hated this movie so much. <laughs> um, God, I hate Napoleon Dynamite. I have watched all of it now. Um, I think I've also explained this on the, the podcast. Um, one of my brothers uh, got me a Chinese bootleg of um, Napoleon Dynamite. And it had a, it seemed like they took the, the Chinese subtitles on like whatever version they were ripping from. And then just ran it through uh, like Babblefish. Like not even like Google Translate. This is like the days of Babblefish. Um, they, so they ran it through Babblefish, uh, and then that was the English translations. And they were just so bizarre um, that it was like at a certain point, like I hated the movie so much, but I was always just like, yeah. And I fell asleep. People would be like, well, you haven't even seen all of it. So I managed to get through it by by watching it with these like bizarre subtitles. Um, 
just because again the the one line that always stands out to me is um it's so what napoleon dynamite says is i'm voting for pedro who do you think and the subtitle said i'm choosing seashell picks the mulberry bush you think um and that's just stuck with me um but yeah i hate that movie um i have a similar ish story um uh, which i'm also sure i've told i'm told on the podcast before which is that um because this is uh, all three of these stories the lincoln story the um uh birdman story and this story are all like from back-to-back years where i was just a person who cared about the oscars and so i went to see movies that were not up for oscars um my girlfriend at the time and I went to see American Hustle because it was up for a bunch of Oscars, and I hate American Hustle. It's the second worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Maybe the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. I I always remember this so vividly that we're sitting there, you know, my girlfriend at the time and I were like, huh, this movie's okay. I'm kind of enjoying this movie, I guess. And we're like, all right, it's going to end now. Because um, we're like we thought we had been in there for two hours and we knew it was like a movie that was like two and a half hours. We're like, okay, I think we're getting to the end. Um, we're having like an okay time. This was, this movie was okay. I don't see why it got so many Oscar nominations, but whatever. And then we look, uh, at our phones and discover it has been 25 minutes (laughs) and that there is another two hours to this movie, which were the two longest hours of my entire fucking life just like interminable as this movie continues to both end and not end for two hours just nothing just a fucking meandering piece of shit movie oh i hate it oh my god i hate it (laughs) (laughs) better Um, than the joker though yeah better than joker (laughs) um yeah i remember the other the other bootlegged um, DVDs that my brother got me. Um, so one of them was uh, Fahrenheit 9-11 and mm-hmm. they had just pulled English subtitles from another movie. And so when you start the movie up, um, it's like dialogue and like captioned sound effects from a sex scene that includes like be quiet you'll wake up the baby um that always stood out to me um and then the other ones uh there was elf um was one of the ones that he got me um and then the two that i actually did watch like frequently were uh spider-man and spider-man 2 um the like the sam raimi ones Mm -hmm. um so yeah you don't you don't have to clarify that i I, (laughs) people If you say Spider-Man around me, I know that it's Raimi. Because yeah. people would say Amazing Spider-Man if they meant those terrible movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, not Spider-Man 3, because that one wasn't out yet. Um, looking at all these movies, it must have been like 2004 when my brother got oh. me these bootlegs. Um, yeah. Because all of these are like 2003, 2004 movies. But um, I mean, I guess original Spider-Man was like, what, 2001 or 2002? But um yeah you've now multiple times seen me quote the thing that i quote with emily which is 
I've always been standing in your doorway. I was literally about, if you paused for a moment, I was literally going to joke like, how long have you been standing in my doorway? (laughs) (laughs) Um, She just gets so mad now when I do it. So I keep doing it. (laughs) Um, Anyway. (laughs) Do do we have... That's it for questions, right? That's it for questions. Um, How long have we been going? Um, an hour and we're getting minutes. up to the two hour mark. Yeah, um, we have officially we, we've gone longer than the seventh seal. So, um, <laughs> thankfully, we're not a yeah. YouTube video. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna Google something real quick. Fanny and Alexander is his miniseries, right? Um, I think so. Yeah. For some reason, I always think it's either that or um, Wild Strawberries. Um, okay. 312 divided by 60. Um, Tim Rogers not only made a Cyberpunk 2077 review that is longer than the Seventh Seal, which is breaking my first rule. It's longer than Fanny Alexander, Fanny and Alexander, <laughs> which is absolute madness. <laughs> how how long is his review? It is seven hour-long videos okay so still only like half a berlin alexander plots <laughs> you you cannot measure youtube videos in terms of berlin alexander plots if you are you've made a mistake <laughs> um, yeah Um, I just, I just suddenly started getting distracted thinking about like weird experimental, um, like early tape stuff I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even, I, I'm just like remembering images and not even remembering the names of things. So it's not an interesting segment. My brain just suddenly went there for some reason. <laughs> no, you're fine. I should at some point, um, as a, it, if you bring um if you bring Berlin Alexander plots, I am going to bring Fanny and Alexander as the follow-up. Not because I really want to see Fanny and Alexander, but because I kind of want to see it. And like this podcast is the only way in my entire life I'm ever going to watch Fanny and Alexander. <laughs> so um, my 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 plan currently for Berlin Alexander plots is um I want to read the the novel first before I like really undertake all of the stuff. Now I I've seen definitely parts of like the 80 really long Berlin Alexander plots um, because my, my Oma and Oba would just like play it constantly. Um, it was like frequently on in their home and now I have their copies, although now I have the Blu-ray and so, you know, um, I don't even know how well their copies would play because I know they watch them a lot, but I just, I saw a ton of it um, in this way that like, I don't really remember details. I just kind of remember it being on. Um, And so I wanted to like actually read the book, which I've never read and then watch the, um, I think it's like 31 movie, um, which is like a normal movie length. Um, And that's, that's far more like shortly after the book was written. Um, and then I want to watch the miniseries, and then I want to watch the 2020 
version that's like set in more modern Berlin. Um, and so it would be that 2020 version, which is still pretty long, I think. Uh, but that would be the one that I would want to bring to the, the podcast. But who knows? Maybe maybe we'll do like a a bonus mini series where we watch through Berlin Alexander plots. <laughs> I think the I think the um funniest outcome to you and I talking so much about oh we'll get around to doing a you know a Twin Peaks podcast. It it hasn't made sense yet, but we're gonna do that someday. I yeah. think the funniest outcome is us pushing off a Twin Peaks podcast by six months to do two back-to-back miniseries about Berlin Alexander plots and Van and Alexander that no <laughs> one wants to listen to, but we desperately want to make. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm here for it. <laughs> um, um, oh. So the thing I was going to mention, this is not the exper- the early experimental, like, uh, you know, analog videos art stuff i was thinking of but i think i've mentioned them before but i want to do like an explicit call out here for uh so i used to work for uh media burn which is an independent video archive they primarily do analog video um a little bit of like digital video stuff um but mostly it's you know vhs beta and then like more obscure stuff like hi8 um which is actually like I think somewhat digital, or I, maybe it's just mm-hmm. that it was so small. I know that like a small amount of flaking on high eight just like destroys a ton of information. Um, but um, and like Umatic, which was a, a thing that was used for um, like actual TV production, um, and like a you know old reel to reel and stuff. Uh, but if if people go to mediumburn.org, there's just like a ton of like you can just watch. A lot of it is documentary stuff. Um, most of it is from like a, a leftist perspective. Um, there is some like experimental video stuff. You can just like use the search bar, find tags on videos that seem interesting. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's like Chicago specific history, but uh, some of that stuff is cool. Um, and I think I'm trying to see because they may have like change the yeah so if you just click on watch videos like you can also see some of the collections they have so there's like the chicago collection the politics collection sports collection um eye on the media blah 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 um Mm -hmm. so yeah a lot of that stuff is pretty um interesting if anyone's just like i want to watch some like obscure like analog video stuff um there's some interesting things to be found there one thing i will recommend um if someone's like what's one thing i could watch is uh, i think it's let me type it in and make sure this is right the good times are killing me um i love modest mouse <laughs> um honestly a modest mouse may have been referencing this like um mm-hmm. this older song so Basically, it is. Um, I'm like checking to see if this will work. Uh, it's a documentary about like Cajun Mardi Gras, um, and they're kind of documenting like this Cajun culture that is dying out. Um, and as part of it, they are also interviewing this Cajun musician. Um, yeah, so if you do the good times are killing me, um, it pops right up. Um, and uh, yeah, so they're they're interviewing this musician as well um 
and he's kind of getting towards the end of his life and also like reflecting on basically like the language he speaks, like people don't speak anymore. Um, like his way of life is disappearing. And so it's this, it is like a sad documentary to watch, but, um, I think it's like an hour long. Um, and it's a little bit of like salesman, but instead of it being like a guy reflecting on like how his job as a Georgian door salesman is going obsolete, which is, is still like an interesting and sad documentary. Um, it's like also tied up in the, this like loss of a, a culture, um, that existed in rural Louisiana. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a really fabulous documentary. It's one of my favorite things that they, they have in the collection. Um, I just wanted to say that because I think Media Burn does yeah. cool stuff. Um, um, so. Including that I've... video of <laughs> Steven Spielberg uh, <laughs> <laughs> not getting nominated, I think, for Best Director. Um, yeah. Got beat out by Fellini. <laughs> <laughs> uh such a wonderful video this is god i love what is it. it he says about the shark um oh it's like one of his uh like the actors who was with him it's like one of his buddies um and they're they're like how can you nominate for best picture and not have uh like the best director he made the thing who do you think made it the shark <laughs> it's so good i love that video so much um <laughs> who do you think made it the shark <laughs> One one of the other ones um, that I edited, the one that's on YouTube, is Stoop Talk, which is just like extremely Chicago culture. It's just a, a guy in like a um, safari hat, like going around talking to people sitting on their stoops in Chicago. Um, it's fucking wild, but I love it. <laughs> it's so um, stupid. <clears throat> um, While we've been talking, I was um, Wikipedia diving a bit, and I remembered... Um, that Criterion sale that I think we mentioned in the last uh, episode, they had a thing up for this Vim Vendor's um, road trilogy, like three movies about like a road trip. And I saw it was just reading about it because I don't know anything about these movies. Um, two things I just wanted to note from this Wikipedia page that I think are very stairwells and funny. Um, first movie, uh, Alice in the Cities, uh, shot on black and white 16 millimeter. Um, second movie, he had a little more of a budget, so he shot it in color. Third movie, black and white, 35 millimeter. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Let me go back to the real shit. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Also, um, apparently, uh, some of the favorite movies of Michael Almereida, which huh. was just like a cute little way to tie this back in. Yeah. Um... Uh, yeah. yeah, that's all I have. I think Vim Vendors is neat. I think I want to like watch more of his movies. Um, I don't want to just do Paris, Texas for this podcast, but I feel like Paris, Texas is like the obvious choice. Yeah. Um, or we could do Until the End of the World, which is a three hour, four hour movie. Um, you know, which we can't do, but we want to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, people should watch The American Friend though that's a really good movie um, Grace recommended that to me a while back and I just really like it nice um, we, we've just been joined by Lem the podcasting cat 
Um, I'll just quickly say about the American friend, and then I can feel the energy like dipping, so we should probably <laughs> tap out soon. But um, the American friend is a very funny movie because um, it's starring Dennis Hopper and Bruno uh, Bruno Gans. Um, and oh god, what a pairing! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> They're great on screen. They're incredible on screen. Yeah. Maybe my favorite. They're they're so good on screen together. Maybe my favorite part of watching The American Friend was then watching an interview with uh, Vim Vendors after I watched the movie where he's talking about making the movie. And he's like, yeah, so, you know, sh- I'll, I'll make up a date because I don't remember. You know, shooting was supposed to start on March 1st and... Bruno was in February 28th and he was, you know, ready to go and he memorized the script and he came to me and he's like, I have some notes about this and some questions about this. And he memorized his lines. He memorized all of Dennis Hopper's lines. He knew everything there was to know about this movie. Dennis Hopper uh, at that moment was still in the Philippines shooting um, uh, Apocalypse Now. (laughs) Didn't bother to tell anybody when he'd be showing up. Shows up three weeks later, coked up out of his mind. He's half the damn movie. Yeah. (laughs) Like, he's the co-star of this goddamn movie. And also, he's Dennis Hopper, so they need him because he's way more famous than Bruno Gans. (laughs) (laughs) Does not know any of the lines. And... Like has not read the script. He's just like, oh, I'll figure it out. He just like gets on set. He's like, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll fake it till I make it. Um, apparently Bruno Gans almost actually killed Dennis Hopper on set because he was so mad about this. <laughs> apparently was so incensed at um, Dennis Hopper's disrespect <laughs> that he almost killed him. <laughs> that's all it's just a great story (laughs) um do we have a rating for Nadja the stairwell I don't even remember if there was one I'm gonna be honest I I do not remember (laughs) no um no clue I'm gonna put this episode in as Nadja even though (laughs) I feel like I I should like do Nadja slash bonus app or something I gave you the keys. You can, you know, you, not only because <laughs> for a minute I was like, okay, while we're getting ready for this move, I just need you to edit this podcast. Maybe once, you know, I'm settled, I can take back over on moving because I know, you know, you have a full time job and a toddler, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, But then this week I also just like, ah, here's the Patreon password. You could just. <laughs> you know upload shit whatever so you can you can do whatever for all i know this is gonna come out and say you know francis ford coppola's bram stoker's dracula (laughs) (laughs) except you're gonna put it in uh icelandic (laughs) um i have some news about how languages work shut up 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 I mean, I guess I could like look into the um, the naming committee in Iceland um, and like you know figure that. Do you know this about Iceland? No. 
I don't know anything about Iceland. Um, <laughs> this is like one of the most fucked up things in Iceland. Uh, so every person's name in Iceland has to be approved by a committee. Um, and a lot of it is like, does it follow the grammatical rules of Icelandic and things like that? Um, like it obviously has like major issues for um, trans people, uh, especially because I I don't know if they've started allowing any like grammatically neutral names yet. Um, Cause like, a lot of languages where there's grammar for, for nouns, there's like masculine and feminine and neuter. Um, mm-hmm. And so like a lot of non-binary people in, in Iceland have to just like, you know, work with it to some degree, like work with the language. Um, I think a lot more than you actually have to in, in English, but um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's like a committee that approves every single name. Um and there's been like some high profile story. So there's one, there was a, a girl named um, Blyer, which was said to not follow um, like Icelandic naming conventions, but she was literally named after a girl in an Hazeldor Laxness novel. Um, and so that, that was like part of the big fight. Mm. Um, but because they wouldn't allow her name, on all legal records, she was just uh, Stulka, which just means girl. <laughs> um, oh my god! And then uh, another big one is um, Curver Curver Thorson, um, who's a, a musician and um, wants everyone to refer to him. Um, I believe him. I don't actually know what pronoun. Like I don't know if he's non-binary or not. Um, I I know in Icelandic he's still like uses masculine pronouns but again i don't know if in english he would mm-hmm. prefer they them but i'm assuming here like i don't know could be they anyway curver like t- took out an ad because the committee would not let him change his name to curver um saying like from now on like people of iceland please just refer to me as as curver thornton um so it's fucking wild. Um, the funny thing is, if I moved there and I had to to have an Icelandic name, it would just be Nia. Um, it would be spelled the same way, but with an accent over the I. Uh, the thing that's funny about it is that it is the noun form of nine. Like if you're like saying like mm. I'm going to take the number nine, like the the number nine bus downtown or whatever, um, you would say, well, it it would be like. If you're saying I'm going to take the number nine, you would then say like, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, like take it a new, like it would, you would do it grammatically for the, you know, part right. of speech or whatever. But it, it is Nia. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you said like the number nine runs this way or whatever, you just say Nia runs this way. Um, <laughs> so I do think it would be, I I do think it's funny that in Iceland, my, my name is just nine. Um, I'm a virtue's last reward character. <sighs> um anyway that was a uh complete diversion where can people find you uh people can find me on twitter at autumnal underscore coffee uh all the podcasts export io patreon etc you know yeah people know i'm tired (laughs) um you can find me at foxmomnia on twitter 
Um, you can also find me at Garfred Lad, which is finally back. Um, there's just a, a slew of like illnesses really is the big thing. Um, I did not want to record it when I was sick or when my toddler was sick. So, um, but yeah, you can follow at Garfred Lad where I read Garfield Lad into a camera. Um, also listen to Ghost Divers. It's an anime podcast. And I don't I don't know if I have anything else. Uh movies. Now more than ever. I'm gonna <laughs> stop recording. <laughs> Oga Koro is real. You haven't said it. Oh my god, I forgot we say Okakoro is real. Are I you forgot. not recording anymore? No, I hit record. Okay. Am I gonna have to like there's adjust a, there's, this? There's gonna be a little gap. You have to say Okokoro is sorry. real. Okokoro is real. We can't end it unless you say Okokoro is real. Okokoro is real. As established by by Crystal, um, there there is an Eidolon called Bella Lugosi's Dead, and the way it operates is if two people say the two hosts say Okokoro is real, then um, you fade off into the the like pulsing guitar sounds. Uh, I've been saying it so many times. Yeah. We're fading out here. Like, the song is overtaking us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still talking. <laughs> um, at this point... You just point, wanted to get us over two hours, but we were past it, so... We were already past it because I'm going to put, like, all of Soon by Michael and Valentine in here, and then also, at the end, all of Bella Lugosi's dead. People are going to hate me. Okay, Cora's Why are real. you Bye. turning this into Ghost Divers? What? This sounds like some shit you do on Ghost Divers. <laughs> no, the actual thing that sounds like shit you would do on Ghost Divers is give yourself a huge editing task when you don't need to. I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, I've actually I've started changing how I edit Ghost Divers now. Um, I edit Ghost Divers a lot more like how I edit uh, Ornate Stairwells now. Um, I'm gonna hit stop. Why am I still talking to a mic?
Lugos is 